Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Saturday Mailbag Show, KBS Listener's Lounge, coming to you from Seoul, the capital of South Korea. It's Saturday, March 18th, 2017, and as always, we've got the latest listeners' letters, messages, and reports we receive from you coming right up. So please stay tuned. I'm Emily Jennings. And I'm Kim Jin. We'll be right back. Happy St. Patrick's Day! Happy St. Patrick's Day. A little bit belated, but in some countries, it's still St. Patrick's Day today. Yes, that's right. So the official day was yesterday, March 17th. But we are actually celebrating in Seoul today. And most countries around the world will have some type of parade or festival for St. Patrick's Day this weekend. Mm -hmm. Well, when I lived in Western Canada, although it wasn't an official holiday there, I know in some parts of Eastern Canada it is an official holiday, but we wore something green to school and uh, there were street parades, small ones. And uh, once I got to college, everything's a bit of a blur because <laughs> beer. But um, what does St. Patrick's Day really mean to the people of Ireland? I mean, it's got to be more than just shamrocks and beer, right? Well, shamrocks and beer are important. Mm-hmm. But of course, yes, there's a lot more. So first of all, it's a day to celebrate Ireland's patron saint. And it's also a celebration of Irish heritage and culture. But interestingly, the parades and carnival-like celebrations actually began in North America in the mid-19th century after many Irish people had emigrated to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to find a way to try to celebrate their heritage and share it with the people in the U.S. as well. makes sense. And the idea of a parade then actually reached back to Ireland in the 20th century. And since then, it's just continued growing. And it's really quite amazing to think that this day is celebrated by people all around the world. Even in Seoul, right? Yeah. And in Ireland, yesterday was, of course, a national holiday. So there were thousands of people out enjoying parades and the festive atmosphere all around the country. And even though the day falls in the middle of Lent, Mm -hmm. which uh, most people will know is a time when many Christians give up certain foods and alcohol, St. Patrick's Day is actually an exception, meaning it is somewhat of a cheat day. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) And perhaps because of this, drinking alcohol, particularly Irish whiskey, beer or cider, has become an integral part of the celebrations. And when you're younger, Mm -hmm. eating green ice cream cream. is the main thing. What flavor would that be? It was actually just vanilla with green dye. Okay. Now it's probably different. Yeah, I was just thinking green tea ice cream, but I guess... No, it would have been mint. In Ireland, it would Uh, be mint. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, it sounds nice, right? Mm. But when I was a child, it was just Mm. vanilla with green dye. (laughs) I I would have a very tough decision to make, even now, whether I should have beer or ice cream, but I guess I could always have both. And you can have green beer in certain places in Right. Ireland. I think they are available in um, so certain Irish pubs in Seoul mm-hmm. as well. And speaking of which, you said you're going to be celebrating today, right? Yes, I'm planning on going to Seoul's St. Patrick's Day Festival in Shindarim straight after this show. There will be Celtic-inspired singing, and there'll be a band playing traditional Irish instruments, and there will also be some Irish dance 
dancing. Ooh, river dance? Yes. Ooh. And it's actually a Korean dancing really? group that do the dancing. They're really talented. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing the most. Sounds like a lot of fun. It also seems like a great way to greet in the new season. I mean, come to think of it, I remember the St. Patrick's Day parades being one of the first parades of the year. Not that there were all that many <laughs> where I'm from, but uh, it now kind of makes sense. I mean, it's finally warm enough for outdoor activities, and it's like a warm-up for the Easter celebrations that usually happen outdoors, too. Yeah, it's right in the middle, and it is a big celebration in Western culture and Christian culture in general. The festival here in Korea is on a much smaller scale, but it has only been celebrated since the year 2000, so it's still a fairly new event. Mm -hmm. And even though many of such Christian celebrations are observed here, it's never really a national thing that the whole country celebrates. Right, which is of course the case in Ireland, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, but I do wonder if there are all that many countries out there where people get both Christmas and Buddha's birthday off work. Yeah, and that's off pretty school. good. Mm-hmm. Now, personally, I think for a country that guarantees religious freedom, Korea still has a long way to go in terms of being more accepting of some religions other than the two, which are, of course, Buddhism and Christianity, mm-hmm. that is. Uh, but I think people are becoming more and more noticeably open minded these days. Right. Nowadays, you can find more prayer rooms in large scale public spaces and there are much more options when it comes to halal food as well. Mm-hmm. Also, I heard that there's a synagogue that's open for everyone in Seoul and that was established in 2010. So all in all, Korea definitely seems more open than some other countries when it comes to religious freedom. Right, that's something definitely that I think, in, I mean, myself and all Koreans can be proud of. Mm -hmm. Uh, But of course, as you know, I'm a very curious (laughs) person by nature and I got a bit curious about the dominant religion in Korea and did a little bit of digging. And you know what? I was so certain that it was still Buddhism. But boy, was I wrong. (laughs) Well, actually, there were some complaints about this survey, with some saying that it was inaccurate. Mm. And of course, it's kind of hard to gauge because it's only taken every 10 years. Right. So it's not really perhaps 100% accurate. Right. There were indeed some issues with it, but so far no one has been able to prove. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's compare 2005 with the 2015 version. Yes. So in 2005, the biggest religious group in Korea was Buddhists, Mm -hmm. as you expected. But by 2015, they were ranked second after being topped by Protestants. Right. According to the 2015 census results, 43.9% of Koreans were found to be religious, of which 19.7% were Protestants, followed by 15.5% of Buddhists and 7.9% of Catholics, which was surprisingly low. (laughs) Right. And that is where the complaints came in. They came in from Buddhists Mm -hmm. and Catholics who said that they were underrepresented because Protestants in Korea are more focal Mm -hmm. and more eager to fill out these types of surveys. At least this is what Buddhists Mm -hmm. and Catholic representatives said. But like we said, there is no proof to back this up. Right. And another interesting factor was that 56% that they do not have a religion, although it wasn't quite specified whether they just didn't identify with a single religion, because I know of people who identified with multiple religions too, (laughs) or um, that they identify themselves as as atheists or agnostics. And that is actually a really larger percentage than anyone expected. So overall, it was a pretty interesting survey. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope our listeners found these results as interesting as we did. 
But as much as I'd love to continue on with this discussion, <laughs> it is time for us to take a look at the letters and reports of the week. We are going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with those letters. So stay tuned. You're listening to KBS Listener's Lounge on KBS World Radio. It's time now for us to take a look at the listener letters and reception reports. As usual, we've received some lovely handwritten, typed up, emailed comments, letters and reception reports from you, our listeners, and we'll share some of those with you on this program. Here's a quick reminder that we are asking our listeners to tell us your preferred methods to tune into our broadcast. Now, while we know that most of the listeners who tune into this particular program are predominantly shortwave listeners, we also know that some of you sometimes have to resort to other means due to poor conditions or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So we would like to ask you what all your preferred listening choices are from shortwave, web streaming or wink, AOD, Kong, podcast, satellite radio, AM, FM, and of course, we have mobile apps. Um, And of course, there might be any other means that I may have missed. So tell us all of your methods that you tune into or turn to in order to listen to KBS World Radio. Yes, and you can tell us by emailing us at english at kbs.co.kr or by Facebook message at facebook.com forward slash English KBS, or you can include it with your online reception reports. Now, we know that we ask you this very same question every year on our annual survey, but we're asking you again because your replies would be of great help to us in providing a better service. And as you know, we conducted some test transmissions for the upcoming A17 frequency adjustment earlier this month. And once again, we would like to dedicate most of this week's program on the results of those test transmissions that we received from our listeners. Needless to say, this does not mean that your reception reports on our regular broadcasts are neglected. We will send you verifications for all those, regardless of what is or isn't mentioned on air as per usual. So please don't worry. Now, most of the reception reports on the test transmissions we received earlier this week were on 9.880 megahertz, which we tested from 1400 to 1600 hours on March 8th and 9th. And our monitor, Honey Islam of India, said that he had been busy with election duties until early March, but was able to catch the test transmission on both those days. Now, unfortunately, he said that the condition wasn't very good. He wrote, Please note my test transmission reception quality on March 8th and 9th at 1400 to 1600 hours UTC on the frequency 9.880 megahertz was poor. I request that you please change the time because this is the market time. Many power looms, computers, machines, inverters and other electric devices were started at this time and that affected the reception quality. So I hope you may change the time so that the reception can be better in India. Thank you, team. 
Well, thank you, honey, for such valuable information. I mean, personally, I just vaguely assume 1400 UTC would be early evening in India. And I know they have a 30-minute difference with the mm. uh, Greenwich time, too. So it was, I think it was like 7.30 or 8.30 around there, uh, p.m. So it would have never crossed my mind that it may be one of the busiest and noisiest times there, uh, too, if you had not. told us. Yeah, very valuable. mm -hmm, Thank you very much, and we will definitely relay the message to the tech team. Meanwhile, also from India, listener Pradip Chandra Kundu wrote on our online recession board uh, that he used a Texan PL660 receiver with the telescopic antenna to listen to us on 9.880 megahertz from 1530 to 1600 hours UTC on March 8th and rated the Simpo 32333. So it was just fair there, too. Thank you very much, Pradip. Well, it looks like the listening conditions varied somewhat even within India itself. But of course, it is quite large, so mm-hmm. it's not really that surprising. Also, listener SS Bhattacharya, who is president of the Chaitak Listeners Club in India, sent us a report on the 9.880 megahertz test transmission on March 9th. He said that he tuned in from 1400 to 1500 hours UTC on this day using a Grundig Yacht Boy 400 receiver with a dipole antenna which yielded an SIO rating of 4 across the board. So thank you very much for that report. All right, so let's take a look at some of the reports from Bangladesh. Listener Salahuddin Dolar wrote, Dear Sir, greetings from Rajshahi, Bangladesh. I wish you all are well. I am so-so. I was an official monitor of your station three years ago. For unavoidable situations, I could not contact you regularly. I am pleased to send a recession report on your broadcast. On March 9th, I listened to your English program at 1400 to 1500 hours UTC on 9.880 MHz. The reception condition was good, SIO 343. Signal was weak and there were some telegraphic noise. No co-channel disturbance. But from 1500 to 1600 hours UTC on 9.880 MHz, reception condition was bad. Signal was very weak and telegraphic noise was found. But no co-channel disturbance there either. I would be, it would be better if you air program on 9.880 MHz at 1400 UTC. Well, he also noted that he used a Grundig Yacht Boy 400 receiver with an indoor telescopic antenna. So thank you very much for your report. And we hope that you're doing better than just so-so. Mm-hmm. Well, it's unfortunate as well that you can't contact us regularly anymore. But of course, we would love to hear from you again when time allows. And meanwhile, our Bangladeshi monitor, AKM Naruzaman, also sent us an email to tell us about the test transmission. He wrote, Dear friends, greeting from Rashahi, Bangladesh. So it actually looks like both of those listeners are from the same right. region. Salahuddin I wonder. Dolar and AKM Naruzaman. Yeah, I wonder if you know each other. Let us oh, know. Oh, come on. It could be a big town. It probably is very large. <laughs> yeah. But they're both into shortwave radio. That's so true. there is a chance that they might know each other. Mm-hmm. So we're curious. So let us know.
Anyway, getting back to the letter, he continued, I've tried to listen to your test frequency on March 8th, 2017 on 9.880 megahertz from 1400 to 1600 UTC. Reception was fairly good. The average simple was 43333. And the next day on March 9th, at the same frequency, 9.880 megahertz, the reception was bad. Well, thank you very much for trying to tune in on both days. And uh, it's unfortunate to hear that it was bad on the second day. Mm-hmm. We also had feedback on the frequency from United Arab Emirates listener Avinash Chikoth. He actually wrote us an email uh, with reports on two of our test transmissions. His equipment included a Sony ICF shortwave 7600GR digital radio and a Deegan 31-meter indoor loop antenna. On March 7th, he tuned into our test transmission on 9.525 megahertz from 1400 to 1415 hours UTC, 1445 to 1500 hours UTC, and again from 1500 to 1510 hours UTC. And he rated the simpo 21332 to 22422. And he also wrote, poor reception. This, I feel, is not a good frequency as there is strong interference from Voice of Indonesia broadcasting on the same frequency at the same time. The strong signals of Voice of Indonesia from Jakarta masks the weak signals of KBS and KBS broadcast is unusable. Ooh, that is not good news. Mm-mm. And on March 8th, he tuned into 9.880 megahertz from 1400 to 1445 hours UTC and 1500 to 1520 hours UTC. And at that time, he rated the simple four across the board, ranging to 33433. He also wrote, there was was good to fair reception. Signal was good most of the time, but there was fading at other times. There was only a very slight co-channel interference from China Radio International, which was broadcasting on the same frequency. There was a simpo of four across the board for that, and 9.880 megahertz seems to be a better choice of frequency for KBS at this time slot of 1400 to 1600 hours UTC. Well, thank you very much for that, Avinash, and to everybody for helping us out and trying to help us test those new frequencies. Your input is critical and really invaluable for us in establishing new frequencies and broadcast times so that we can be heard better around the world. And of course, we will relay your reports to the tech team as we always do, and we hope we'll be able to provide you with better content on stronger signals in the upcoming seasons. And we should be able to share the new A17 schedule with you by around next week. Mm-hmm. Now we'll take a look at a number of reports that we did not get to talk about earlier. As you can imagine, we have had quite a few of those reports due to the test transmissions. And for example, we actually received an email from listener Shivendu Paul of India's Metali Listeners Club last month. And that included a reception report for February 16th when he tuned in to us on 7.215 megahertz from 1400 to 1500 hours UT using a Grundig Yacht Boy 40 receiver with a normal antenna. And he rated the simple 4 across the board, but he wrote, After 1500 UTC, KBS English program was not audible on 7.215 MHz as China Radio International's Nepali language broadcast had strong signal. 
Also in his email, Shivendra talked about World Radio Day celebrations and the Dol Yatra Festival of Colors Holi and also wrote, We try to listen to your programs regularly. Our school students are also interested in your programs. They are very happy to listen to your program. Our students want to know primary school or education system of South Korea and different school sports. Does your school syllabus include sports? Yes, sports or physical education is definitely a part of the elementary school curriculum here, as it is for middle and high schools in varying degrees as well, up to several hours per week. Students learn various team sports, both in theory and practice, like basketball, volleyball, dodgeball, and so on, and also do general physical exercises like running and, uh, I remember, jump ropes. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also sports day as well, where classes compete against one another, and individuals students enter races within the school for small prizes. But more than competitive, I've heard that it's actually considered just a day of fun. Mm -hmm. And of course, although not all, but some schools have sporting teams that compete nationally, especially in sports like baseball and football. So that is um, kind of keeping everybody fit Mm -hmm. in those schools anyway. And we do apologize to you because it took us quite a long to get a long time to get to your letter. But like we said, we were focusing on the test transmissions for the better of KBS World Radio in general. Right. Our monitor, Mohammed Shamimas of India, has sent us his usual monthly summary for February as well. He wrote, special program about the 90th anniversary of KBS Radio was excellent and educative, and the song selection for the program was superb. Frequency 9.515 MHz at 1600 RUTC to 1700 RUTC was loud and clear in my area in February of 2017, while frequency 9.640 MHz was good for reception from 1600 to 1700 RUTC in the same month. 7.215 MHz was average for reception in my area, and 7.275 MHz from 1800 to 1900 RUTC was also average for reception from 1800 to 1830 hours UTC in February. After 1830 hour UTC, the signal was good for reception. Well, Muhammad also suggested that we start a program about Korean wedding traditions, one and one for the preparation of the 2018 Pyeongchang Winter Olympic Games, and one about Korean writers and literature under the title Korean Bookshelf, which are all really excellent suggestions, and they all sound very interesting. So we will pass them along to the decision makers. And thank you, as always, Muhammad. Now, it looks like that is all the time we have for the letters, emails and reception reports from you today and like we mentioned at the start of the show we will send out corresponding QSL cards to everyone who requested them and thank you everyone as always for getting in touch and sharing your insights about KBS World Radio with us. It's now time to take a peek into the KBS World Radio's mailroom with our mail correspondent Yuna Lee. Here is Inside the Mailbox. Hello and welcome to Inside the Mailbox. I'm Yoon-ha Lee. In this weekly corner, I share updated information from our Facebook page as well as events and answer listeners' inquiries. Also, I tell you how to navigate our KBS World Radio English service website. First up, let's go over to our Facebook page. 
We'd like to inform our K-pop lovers that we recently interviewed SF9 on Backstage Chat, and the preview is posted on our Facebook page. In the video, you can see one of the members of SF9 writing the name of the listener who had the band member's favorite question. Now, this is something new that we are trying out for Backstage Chat. You know the questions we asked on Backstage Chat are all from our listeners, right? So we asked the interviewees to pick a question they liked the most or they thought was the most interesting and got them to write the listener's name in Korean to send it to the lucky winner. We are hoping this will encourage more listeners to leave their questions for the K-pop stars on Backstage Chat. So please look out for the Backstage Chat notice when you are on our Facebook page. Also, don't forget to check out the full interview of SF9 on our website. The link is provided in the comments of the preview posting. To take a look at the posting, head on over to our English Service Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash EnglishKBS. Now let's move on to website directions. I've noticed from the past that many of our listeners have great interest in the political and social situations of Korea. For those people, the most recent hottest news will most likely be the presidential impeachment. KBS World Radio has added a new webpage on our official website to provide all the related news on a single page. On our main page, scroll down to the very bottom and right below Emily's blog image, you will find a box labeled Archive. The first bullet point inside the box says Constitutional Court impeaches President Park Geun-hye. Click on the words to access this webpage. All the news articles related to former President Park and her impeachment are listed in this page for your convenience. Click through the arrows on the bottom of the page to find even more articles. To find a newly added webpage, head on over to our KBS World Radio English Service website, world.kbs.co.kr slash English. We're almost at the end of the first quarter of 2017, which means this is a great time for you to submit your quiz answers if you haven't already done so. There are two questions for the first quarterly quiz, as always. Question number one is, KBS World Radio aired its New Year's special on January 1st, 2017, featuring a Korean dish that holds the spirit of diversity and versatility. What is the name of this dish? The choices are 삼계탕, 비빔밥, 불고기, or kimchi. The second question is, the latest session of the Intergovernmental Committee for the Safeguarding of Intangible Cultural Heritage took place in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. During the session, a Korean cultural heritage was inscribed. What is the name of the cultural heritage? The choices are Kimjang, tugging rituals and games, Arirang, or culture of Jeju Henya. Please submit your answers either on the KBS World Radio website or via email at english at kbs.co.kr by the end of this month. We will choose winners at random to receive some lovely souvenir. And that's it for this week's Inside the Mailbox. Until next time, this is Yoon Ha Lee. Have a nice weekend! Well, that's all we have for you this week on KBS Listener's Lounge. We hope you enjoyed the show. This has been Emily Jennings. And this has been Kim Ji-yeon. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a wonderful weekend. Goodbye. Goodbye.